Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come before your word humbly and respectfully tonight. And we thank you for this another opportunity we have to fellowship in the light of your word. So I decree that tonight as your word comes with clarity, your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. We decree that bodies and yokes are destroyed, and your people at the end of this service will move into a new realm of understanding. Your word comes forth with such power, and we give you praise that the testimonies of transformation abounds to your glory. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer sees it powerfully. Amen. Lift your right hands up to heaven let's release our feet together so say these words i am born of god i'm born of the world the word of god is my nature i do not struggle to do the world i do the word naturally therefore today i will understand the word of his grace i will be built up by the end of this service i will never be the same never ever be the same again in Jesus' name, and every believer sees a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community, our brothers and sisters online. Always an honor and a joy to see all of you and fellowship with you in the light of God's word. I also want to welcome the Acquire Bob State community connected to the service right now by way of Comfort FM, XLFM, Radio Acquire Bomb, and those of you connected by way of Inspiration FM and Heritage FM, and of course, Passion FM. We're so glad to welcome all of you to the service tonight, guys. It's going to be an exciting adventure as we study Christ tonight. Invite a friend, a family member, ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. Our social media community, like you've always done for me, let's do it again today. Let's get this word to the ends of the earth. Help me share the video on your page. Join as many groups as possible. Share the video with all the groups. Put them on monogram, telegram, WhatsApp groups. Let's cover the earth with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. All our house centers, we want to welcome every one of you, Bible study centers, and, and all our campuses around the world. Always a joy to fellowship with all of you in the light of God's world. Grab your pen, your notebook, and your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self as we get into the word of his grace tonight. Mm -mm -mm. Praise God. All right. We are still examining wisdom for living. Wisdom for living. And uh, we've been looking at nurturing relationships effectively. Nurturing relationships effectively. Amos chapter 3 verse number 3. Amos chapter 3 verse number 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? The context here is the context of the judgment given by the prophets. And we're looking at how to build and nurture effective relationships. 
can two walk together referring to the prophet and God? So in essence, the prophet and God are saying the same things. To be agreed is to have an appointed place or a common cause. If there's anyone who might not be an effective friend, is someone who has nothing he lives for. Someone who has nothing he lives for. And that's very critical in relationships and friendships. You have to ask yourself, what am I living for? What am I doing with my life? Can two walk on the same path except they have a common cause? Have you ever found yourself in a bus going elsewhere? You're supposed to go to Calabar. You mistakenly got in a bus that is going to Abba, Abia State. You will end up arriving at Abia State. It's a place you arrive at just to discover that that's not where you're going to. So it's important to ask yourself, you know, because it's critical to know where you're going. If you go with people who are going to the wrong place, no matter how much loving you love yourselves, no matter how much you feel the goose pimples and all the butterflies in your stomach, you will end up in the wrong place. Whilst friendship involves sentiments, you don't make friends by sentiments. Whilst friendship involves sentiments, you don't make friends by sentiments. When you are, you know, when you are clear about where you are going, then you will be clear about what you are getting into. Relationships, please, if you are writing, write this one down in capital letters. Relationships are not for changing people. Somebody said that, and I got that from, you know, somebody. So I'm going to read it all for you. Relationships are not for changing people. That's fundamental. They are for people who have decided that they fit well together. Relationships are for people who have decided that they fit well together. So instead of making sound decisions in the choice of a partner, women usually get drunk on a grand delusion that they are powerful enough to change men. So they choose men whose behavior they don't like. Then they spend the rest of their lives trying to change them. What a waste of time and energy. The purpose of dating is to see if two of you match. If you don't end it, or if you don't match, you end it and go away. Don't try to change him and don't try to change her. Because trying to change him will end in tears. How much of your own bad habits have you successfully changed? How much of your own bad habits have you succeeded in changing? That you suppose you are capable of changing someone else. Think about it. Think about it. And after... Three years, four years of implementing all the tricks you have learned from all the relationship experts. 
all the tricks you have learned in a book, you still come back and cry. <laughs> you are the idiot. And then the person added, I say that lovingly. You are the idiot. Well, that's not absolute, but it defines, you know, it has a definition. We need to learn more than how to hunt in the forest. <laughs> we need to learn more than how to hunt in the forest. The truth is, many of us just love movies. Even those who are true life, then we add stories to those movies. And then at the end of the day, when you get married, you discover that what you're watching on movies is not exactly the way it is. Especially in their movies. <laughs> yeah. You watch in their movies, go, oh, oh, hey, oh, I need a man like that. <laughs> The man will hold your waist and go, and get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> and you know, you think that when you get married, that's how it will be every day. You wake up in the morning, and get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Then the man will hold your waist. You'll be dancing on, on, on his hand, and you spend the whole day dancing. When it's time to go for breakfast, get it, get it, get it, get to the breakfast table. <laughs> You are a joke. <laughs> when real life begins to talk to you, you won't remember Rigirigi. <laughs> so you need to be a Christian in your relationships. Look at Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20. Look at the commission that Jesus gave to his disciples and all of us. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Next verse. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The first thing he says there is about his resurrection. All authority in heaven and earth. And we have established that heaven and earth there refers to the union of God and man. Heaven and earth is the temple. Heaven and earth is God's tabernacling with men. So he said that has happened. Heaven and earth. Remember? Heaven and earth is God and man. In verse 19, it says, make disciples. Go therefore, teach men in the likeness of the heaven and earth. Go therefore, teach men, make students of the heaven on the earth. Teach men according to heaven that is now on earth. Teach men according to heaven that is now on earth. That's the prayer of Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven on earth. What's there? He says, you forgive like the father does. You forgive like the father does. That's heaven on earth. 
You forgive like the father does. You lead us not into temptation. That's heaven on the earth. You deliver us from evil. That's heaven on earth. And that heaven on earth that was a prayer is now a reality. Look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 44. Matthew chapter 5 verse number 44. It says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you. That is heaven and earth. And this reality will be where? In the resurrection. So the resurrection, therefore, is heaven and earth. That is the union of God and man together. The union of God and man together. That's why he said, you go therefore and make disciples. Who is a disciple? A disciple is not a fellow who got born again. A disciple is one who follows. We have said it a few times. You can get a decision to receive Christ in seconds. But when it comes to discipleship, as a lifetime decision. You become a student. You know, salvation is eternal life. Salvation is eternal life. That's what salvation is. You are born into a family. Salvation is also an admission into a school. Salvation is eternal life. In salvation, you are born into a family. And then salvation is also an admission into a school. You are now in a school just like you went to school to learn. Christianity involves being submitted under authority. That is discipleship. And that's what the church is for. That's what the local assembly involves. So Jesus said, make disciples of heaven and earth. The truth called heaven and earth. Use that truth and make disciples in every nation. Which means one of the things discipleship has done to us is we dropped our natural culture the moment it conflicts with God's culture. We give up our natural culture the moment it conflicts with God's culture. We drop up the way we were brought up the moment it conflicts with the way God is raising us up. We drop the way we were brought up the moment it conflicts with the way God wants to bring us up. In verse 20 of Matthew 28, it says, Lo, I am with you always. That is heaven on earth. I am with you always. That is heaven on earth. So, I am with you, therefore, make disciples. Matthew in the Greek. It means make people students. So, the church, like this evening, is a Bible school. You don't just walk into the service without a Bible, for example. You've got to come with a Bible. You don't walk into the service like someone, you know, uh, like someone not ready to learn. You're coming with your pen. You're coming with your notebook. You carry an extra pen in case the other one refused to operate. Because you came to church ready to take notes. You begin to learn in discipleship 
how you two are mandated after being disciple to teach the resurrection which is heaven and earth reality to others amos 3 3 where we read says can two walk together except they be agreed can two walk the word walk is the hebrew word halak h-a-l-a-k it means to walk in the sense of being together that word is used 1549 times in the old testament hebrew can two walk together except they be agreed the word agreed there has to do with purpose nearness is from the hebrew word yaad y-a-a-d it means something that was designated for you a place your art just like the illustration you get on the wrong bus and you arrive at the wrong destination you arrive at the wrong destination i've never been able to successfully jump in any train in the uk and get to my destination so usually i make sure somebody's going with me they've given me the map they have taught me I've been to London time after time, time over the, over the years. So when I get there, I just get somebody, uh, you know, I'm going to use the train. So how do I get there? Is there somebody to go with me? Because the last time we tried to do it alone, we were on our way out of London to Paris. When we got out and we got to where we were going to connect the next train that will take us out, we now realize this is not where we're going. But even in the train, when we're in the train, the train was feeling special. So I was telling Jael, I said, it looks like these guys have decided to upgrade their trains and just make life comfortable here. And we were just happy, we were laughing. Then we got to this place where we're now going to enter into the international one that's going to take us out. And then we discover we're in the wrong place. So now we have to enter another train. Some people have to guide us and come back to town. That was quite some journey, man. You know? Because I got in the wrong train and arrived at the wrong place. Did I arrive somewhere? Yes. Did I travel? Yes. Was that where I was going to? No. When you don't know where you're going to, you will arrive somewhere that you don't want to arrive at. You must be able to decide where you want to arrive at. You must know where you're going. You must know where you're going. So that word has a verb by the name Yakad, Y-A-C-H-A-D, which has to do with union. Where, where you are going in the sense of you are united. So in other words, relationships are meant to be a place of unity. Relationships are meant to be a place of unity. Just like God and his prophets. You are united together in a relationship. And it's very critical. If I am going to go somewhere with anyone. We must be going to the same place. If I'm going to go somewhere with anybody, 
we must be going to the same place. That's why I told you believers must go beyond falling in love. We must put our cards on the table and ask critical questions like, you, you say you love me, I love you, all right? Where are you going? Because I am going this way, I don't know if that's where you're going. Of course, we're going to deal with this, you know, in the next one or two days. Praying a lot. When you are making this kind of decision, you pray a lot. You pray in the spirit and you receive interpretation. You pray a lot. Okay, I'll deal with that. It's not about it's my old classmate. It's about clearly establishing destination. Where are you going? So when people get married and start struggling, and of course, you know, marriage basically has its own challenges. But there are some challenges that shouldn't have been. They are unnecessary challenges. And it's just simply because you didn't do your due diligence. If we're going to go together, where are you going? Don't make assumptions. Somebody said assumption is the lowest form of knowledge. And that's true. So can two walk together except they be agreed? Where are we going? Don't be overwhelmed with unstable and unreliable emotions. You must ask objectively and make sure the answer is clear. What's the destination? We can be friends, man. We can talk. We can call each other. But we're not going to the same destination. Okay, we don't have to go to the same destination for us to call and talk to each other. But if you and I are going to bring our lives together, we must be traveling to the same destination. The same destination is critical. Please, this is very, very important. So that's why you must not have assumptions. You must have clarity in the pursuit of relationships. So heaven and earth, I am with you. That is the resurrection of Jesus is a union. Now observe destination. That where I am, there you may be also. Destination. Destination. That where I am, there you may be also a union. In other words, a relationship was birthed and that relationship is the resurrection. So in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, Genesis chapter 2 verse number 18, put it up for me. Genesis 2.18. <clears throat> Genesis 2.18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Where Moses is writing and he says in verse 18, the word help meet. The Hebrew word ezer. Someone who rescues in danger. Then we came to a conclusion that what he was talking about was the sota, the savior. In other words, there's a one flesh relationship. And in this instance, 
is a one spirit relationship with Christ where he is the savior and we are the saved. Moses here writes and likens it to a marriage because in Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 see the way Moses continues his discourse Genesis 2 24 therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh they shall be one flesh pay attention when Moses wrote this particular book Adam and Eve had no parents Adam and Eve had no parents. So which means this has to do with something else. That is marriage is a mirror of a marriage. Marriage is a mirror of a marriage. The real marriage in view is God's union with us. Heaven and earth. So people get married because God marries the sinner in Christ. You didn't hear that. People get married because God married the sinner in Christ. So natural marriage mirrors that marriage of God marrying the sinner in Christ. People get married and have physical intimacy called sex because God has already accomplished that for us in Christ. So you're going to ask me, what exactly is marriage? Marriage is the resurrection from the dead. Marriage is the resurrection from the dead. Jesus unites us with him. This is the marriage. For this cause shall a man forsake father and mother and cleave to his wife. And you know, this is like our culture, in a way. In a time when Moses wrote this, just like India, for example, it was a man who left his parents. <laughs> it was a man. Okay, Whether the man leaves his parents or the woman leaves her parents, it changes nothing where God is concerned and the believer. It's culture. But at that time, it was the man that left. In India today, it is the man that lives in some of the cultures in India. Actually, in India today, there are even some parts of it where the woman pays dowry to the parents of the man to marry the man. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Now, that's not Nigerian culture. In Nigerian culture, it's the woman who leaves the parents for the husband. In India, it's the woman who pays the groom price. We pay bride price, they pay groom price. That's some good society, man. I'm seeing some Facebook brothers thinking of how they can visit India. <laughs> oh, okay, today is YouTubers. Okay, today is for YouTube. Some YouTube brothers too. <laughs> Praise God. So it depends on the context because, you know, even in Nigeria, some wealthy parents will tell a young man, very wealthy, want to marry my daughter? All right, change your own father's name and bear my name. And I give you good money and take care of my wife. I mean, my daughter. And then somebody asks me, Dr. Damina, if you're the one, you're going to get married. And the man says, I'll give you, I give Dr. Damina a billion dollars to drop his father's name and pick my family name. <laughs> my father 
will wake up from the grave and say, what are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> My son, what are you waiting for? I taught you better than this now. You don't need to waste time. You should have been answering while the man was talking. What is name? There's a name above every name. <laughs> it's the name of Jesus. <laughs> In other words, he is saying, we carry because, we marry because he got married. We marry because of the marriage between Jesus and the church. So his marriage is the example of marriage. Now listen carefully. The very opposite of that marriage is death. The very opposite of that marriage is death. Look at this in context. He told them don't eat of that tree in Genesis 2.16. The day you eat of it you shall surely die. Die means you will be gone. Die means you will be separated. Eternal life is the marriage. Sin is the separation. Eternal life is the marriage. Sin is the separation. So eternal life is God's marriage or union with us. For this cause, that is, God becomes the Ezra, the help meet. Your wife is not the help meet. There's no scripture that says a woman must cook for a man. There's no scripture like that. It's your culture that defines all that. It's not in the Bible. And it's okay that some culture says a woman must cook for the man. It's alright. But the man can also cook for the woman. There are some men that are good cooks and they are happy to cook. And they cook all the time. Even in their marriage. It's no big deal. No big deal. Women cooked for Jesus. Jesus also cooked for his disciples. Oh yes, he served them. He gave them, you know, he knelt down, took towel, washed their legs. He even fed them. So that shouldn't be a fight. You marry a woman that can cook, great. You marry a woman that cannot cook, great. There are wonderful restaurants in town. Wonderful restaurants. So marriage should not be a major factor. There are societies outside Nigeria where people don't even cook at home all the time. The culture is people eat out. In fact, in some of these societies, Western world, cooking at home could even look like, you know, out of the norm. Because it's normal for people to eat out. You're going to walk, you stop by, uh, I mean, the, the restaurant business in the Western world is huge. When you hear huge. There are a thousand and one restaurants and they cook very well. So you drive in there, settle down with your family and you see other families settled all over the place having breakfast. Families are chatting and fellowshipping. Mommy is sitting, daddy is sitting and somebody is serving them so they're able to have time to be intimate and to fellowship. 
Not that mommy is struggling with kitchen, struggling with pot cleaning, and they, 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 no, there's no time because by the time she's finished with morning food, she's already packaging the afternoon one. By the time she's through with the afternoon one, she's already working on the evening food, day in and day out. No, no, no. But, but, but you know, there are some people culturally that's the way it works and it's working for them the point i'm making it must it must never be a big deal where believers are concerned am i teaching here yeah it must never be a big deal so in the resurrection we have a relationship what god has done for us in christ look at first corinthians 6 11 first corinthians chapter 6 verse 11 and such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. You are washed, you are sanctified. Look at First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. First Corinthians 6 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. That's the word Ezar one flesh which is actually by revelation one spirit look at ephesians 5 30 to 31 ephesians chapter 5 verse 30 to 31 for we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones next verse for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh that's exactly what genesis 2 18 and 24 was referring to What's the one flesh? Ephesians 2.18. Put it up quickly. Ephesians 2.18. For through him, we both have access by one spirit. By one spirit unto the Father. John 17.22. John chapter 17 verse 22. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. Glory to God. That they may be one, even as we are one. John 14, 20. That's one flesh, which means one spirit. At that day, you shall know that I in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That is the one flesh of Genesis 2, 24. That's the heaven on earth. So marriage, therefore, mirrors the resurrection. The resurrection is marriage. And we also said we are in the kingdom. Where God is king and we are his subjects. Resurrection is also a nation. Royal priesthood, holy nation. First Peter 2.9 We are a nation where neither Jew nor Gentile but one in Christ. We are also brethren in the resurrection. Brothers and sisters now. Hebrews 2.11 Body that sanctified and they that are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. John chapter 20, verse 17. Go and tell my brethren. Go and tell my brethren. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I have sent to my father, your father, my God, your God. Somebody's not shouting, Amen. All right. So we are brethren. 
We are neighbors in Ephesians 4.25. We are neighbors. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25. <clears throat> we are for putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another. In John chapter 15 verse 1. See what Jesus said. John chapter 15 verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the husband man. So in discipleship. We are disciples in the light of the resurrection. So I must mirror Christ and the church in my marriage. I must mirror Christ and the church in my relationships. In my friendships, in my neighbor, among my neighbors. So the basis of relationship for me is the resurrection. It's not the blog. It's not a romance novel, novel or a storybook your model is what christ did in his resurrection that should be therefore the cause so the resurrection where we get discipled also brings friendship the resurrection where we get discipled also brings friendship john 15 13 to 15 put it up john 15 13 to 15 Greater love at no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Next verse. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Next verse. Henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. So friendship has to do with information. And I will get there maybe tomorrow or Sunday. So he called them friends. The Greek word is philo. Friend is someone you are fond of. You can't call someone your friend that you are not fond of. Someone you're not around. Him or her a lot. A friend is someone you're fond of and you're always around them. Friendship, therefore, has to do with fondness. It has to do with closeness. It has to do with someone that you have a lot of affinity with. Fondness, closeness, affinity. That's why in Matthew eleven nineteen and Luke seven thirty four, Jesus called a was called a friend of sinners. He was always around them and fond fond of you know fond of them. They said that about him because he was always hanging out with sinners. He is the philos of the hamatolos. He is fond of sinners. But then in Luke 11 where Jesus gives a parable of a man on a journey and goes to a friend who was already in bed with his children. He made a distinction of a friend there and a family. He says he will not get up because it is his friend. But he will get up because he is consistent and persistent. So he makes a distinction there between family and friends. Jesus equally addressed people as his friends. Luke chapter 12 verse 4. Stay with me. Luke chapter 12 verse number 4. And I say unto you my friends. I say unto you my friends. Be not afraid of them that kill the body. And after that have no more that they can do. I say unto you my friends. Talking to his disciples. Listen carefully. 
Don't let people choose your friends for you. You choose your friends by yourself. John 11, 11, he calls Lazarus my friend. Also realize that friendship is not materialistic. And friendship should not be automatic. Friendship must be earned. And friendship must be qualified for. And unqualified for. James 4, 4. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. A friend of the world is the enemy of God. If the world hates God, it's because the world is governed by Satan. So how can the world hate God and you are a friend of the world? That's betrayal. He says friendship with the world. And you know what friendship is? Fondness, affection, and communication. Friendship with the world. To be fond of the world. To communicate with the world. And to be affectionate with the world. Is enmity with God. In other words, you can't be friends with, with enemies. Write that down. You cannot be friends with enemies. And there are people that make friends with two people who are enemies. You are in danger. You are not a good person. You have two friends and both of them are enemies. And you play between two of them. You are using divide and rule. Philemon didn't like Onesimus because Onesimus ran away. Paul said, if you are my guy, he has to be your guy. <laughs> like me, like my dog. If you are my guy, then Onesimus has to be your guy. That's the way it works here, man. That's the way it works. We have established what should build friendship and relationship. We said it must be built, built on values. Values. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has darkness and light. Those are values. So the first thing is you choose your friends. Don't let your friends force themselves on you. Choose your friends. Jesus said you have not chosen me but I have chosen you. You must choose your friends. And you know, there are people that don't know how to handle friends in different seasons. The friends that were your friends in primary school were not the same in secondary school, were not the same in university. They were not even the same in NYSE. You have different friends at different seasons of your life. And you must know how to navigate through these several seasons of life and still be able to maintain certain friends. How many of you have observed that when friends that were in your secondary school meet you, all they have to talk about is the past. They will tell you everything about the past and that's where it ends. They can't talk about the now. Because all they know about you was what happened in primary school. So that friendship is limited because it expires with the stories of the past. Even if you're happy to see them and they're happy to see you and you guys are excited that you reconnected, the moment you sit down to discuss, it ends 
where you parted ways. There are relationships that will pass through seasons. Amen? But you know, in marriage, is not the same. Listen carefully. You marry somebody, you live in the same house with the person, night and day. No leave, no transfer. You wake up in the morning, that's the person you see. In the afternoon, that's the person you see. In the evening, that's the person you see. In the night, that's the person you see. In the morning, that's the person you see. By the time you live together for six months, you start running out of patience. You start running out of patience. And for those that can endure one year. So how do you navigate friendship? How do you maintain the relationship in the different seasons of your life? Remember, as you grow, interests will change. What you want will change. Because people change and they now have new expectations. So friends must be kept through seasons. So let's see the kinds of friends you must choose. And this is for those of you that are thinking of marital decisions. Please pay attention. Friends are the kind of people you go through life together. Friends are the kind of people you go through life together. Everything is not going to be rosy. So friends are those you will do life together and go through life together. You will do life together and go through life together. In other words, ask yourself, I and this person, can we do life together? Can we go through life together? Those are questions, critical questions you ask yourself in making marriage decisions. Then the Bible now says, if you want friends, be a friend. If you want a friend, you must first of all be a friend. Friends are those with whom you go through life together and you do life together. You cannot be friends with everybody. You only have limited time a day. How many of you have more than 24 hours a day? Is there anybody? Is there anybody here that has more than 60 seconds a minute? Nobody. You have limited time a day. It also means you cannot be a friend of everybody. You cannot take care of the world. So, when you want to have everyone as a friend, you will have a miserable life. Which means... In identifying your friend, you must know your priority. People who don't have priorities hardly make good friends. People who don't have priorities hardly make good friends. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Look at me, everybody. What is the most important thing to me in life? You need to answer that question. What is the most important thing to me in life? 
What is it in life that I cannot do without? What is the most important thing to me in life? Because if I'm going to have people who will do life with me and go through life with me, I must know what are my priorities. Friends become friends because they share priorities. Friends become friends because they share priorities. What are your priorities? Because you don't have more than what everybody has. So you can't afford to have everybody. <laughs> you must never lose or deny your priorities in a relationship. People who do that regret. It means your friendship must be divine as a believer in Christ. Your friendship must be divine as a believer in Christ. In other words, a relationship, and I'm going to say it slow so you can write down. A relationship that does not have the influence of the spirit is not true friendship for you. A relationship that does not have the influence of the spirit is not true friendship for you. You must know who you are supposed to be with. Like we said, Jesus had the crowd. How many of you know that Jesus could not have spent same time with everybody in the crowd? How many of you know that? There's no way. We are talking of Jesus. Even me, Abel Damina. When the service is over, you know, I hang around all the time. After every service, I hang around the pulpit here. I talk to people. I pray for people. You know, people who think it's difficult to find me. When they come to church on a Sunday, both first and second service. Once the service is over, I don't run away. I come right down here. And I talk to everybody who wants to talk to me. I pray for people who want me to pray for them. People travel from far. They meet me one-on-one, -on -one, except I'm not in church. But even with the people that, are, that come to see me on Sundays after service, I'm, I'm not as popular and as, as Jesus. Yet, I can't have equal times for everybody. You have, you have observed. Some people will just talk, oh, bless you. Eh? Bless you. Nice to meet you. How are you? Great. Bless you. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, bless you. Uh, and then Dr. Gabriel will say, uh, this one, one, two, three. And then I will stop. And I will give attention. Because that's coming from my, my person. And he must have done his homework. And then he says, this person. And then I will listen. And I will spend extra time. And then I will pray for the person. And if there's anything else he wants me to do, I will do it. That person had more time than the people who just said, Papa, Papa. Uh, I'll just say yes, quickly, quickly. What is it? Prayer? Oh, bless you. All right, be blessed. And even with that, I can't have equal time for everybody. And even though I didn't have equal time with everybody, sometimes I end up standing here one hour, two hours. Then you can imagine Jesus and the entire crowd. There's no way he can have equal time for everybody. So that's why if you are having too many friends, you will never be able to build a relationship of quality. You will never be able to build a relationship of quality. 
course I love the crowd. I pray for them. I love on them. I help where I can have help. But I don't have the same relationship, I mean responsibility towards them. And then Jesus had 70. He had more time for the 70 than for the crowd. But there was much more time for the 12 than the 70. And there was much, much, much more time for the 3 than the 12. And there was much, 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 much time for Peter than the three. That's the way it is in relationships. You know, I love the body of Christ. I want to preach everywhere in the world. I want to preach to all believers in the world. But Power City International, this pulpit where I'm standing right now, is my priority. I know my priority. Nobody is sent to the body of Christ. So you must find out who you are sent to. Your message can reach the body of Christ. But there's a people you are sent to. And the people you are sent to understand what you are saying. So don't waste your efforts trying to get everybody. Locate those you are sent to and spend quality time with them. So there is a crowd, there is a 70, there is a 12. And listen, as your, as your, as your circle of friends reduce, you have more time for those that are your friends. You have more time. I know what I'm talking about, even practically. So you have the 3, you have the, the 1, you have the 12. And listen carefully. This doesn't work by senses. It's by the, by the spirit. And if you observe, both the twelve, the three, and the one, none of them was perfect. They all made mistakes. In fact, you know what, Dr. Gabriel? Jesus had the worst selection of guys. <laughs> all of those guys were a problem, man. Only Jesus could have coped with those guys. I mean, let's check the guy, Peter. Peter was weak, unstable, unreliable. But Peter was the one God led Jesus to. He wasn't a stable guy. But he was the one Jesus chose to do life with. He was the one Jesus chose to go through life with. And that was by the Spirit. Don't have accidental friends. Don't deny the inward witness when you are making friends. Because every friend you have, you need to follow the spirit of God in them. You didn't hear that. Every friend you have, you need to follow the spirit of God in them. And God does not lead you where he has not sent you. God does not lead you where he has not sent you. So you must check the leading of the spirit in all relationships. Paul says, God has set everything in the body to work. Which means there is a God connection in friendships when it comes to believers. There is a God connection. There is a God connection. Your friendships have to be supernatural as a believer. 
How many of you know in the resurrection, in the resurrection God unites us by the Spirit? So the believer's friendships will have to be by the Spirit. How many of you know you don't get to choose family? The body of Christ is a family. We have some people in the family who do not believe in eternal salvation. We have some people in the family who believe that Jesus did a very poor job. They have to help Jesus. We have some people in the family who believe that they have to kill everybody. Fall and die. Be roasted. Be cooked. We will eat it. I put up a video on Facebook today and my attention was called to it where I said God does not, God does not kill. You know? And somebody came there on Facebook page and put uh, 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 all my enemies die by fire. So I asked them to, to respond to him. Supposing you are another person's enemy. What if you are another person's enemy? That means you are going to die by fire. You're on the way. And there's no way you are not somebody's enemy. Whether you know it or not. So that means it will start with you. I told him to give him that one quickly. He can't be talking judgment when he is the first person to be judged. Then I now ask him to add there. This is what God does to enemies. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 to 10. But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He said while we were yet enemies, Christ died for the ungodly. That's what God does to enemies. He doesn't pray for them to die. He dies for them. Glory to God. That's the gospel. Yeah, that's the gospel. Somebody shout hallelujah. I mean, I pray for everybody in the body of Christ because we're family. You don't choose your family. You are just born there. And you don't, sometimes you're born in a family, you don't like everybody in the family. And sometimes in a family, all your siblings are not your friends. There is one or two that are your friends. Is it not true? You didn't choose your family. You just appeared there. You don't choose those that are born again. All of us got into the kingdom. And so we are family. But you pick your friends. You don't choose family, but you pick friends. I'm sure some of you, if you are given the choice, you know, to choose who your father will be, your earthly father wouldn't have been your father. Some of you never, you wouldn't have chosen your father. You wouldn't have. If they had shown you people who are supposed to be parents, you will have looked. Your father, you may not even have considered your father. You just look around, look around, and look around, and look at Bill Gates. <laughs> I say, I choose you. <laughs> oh, you look around, look around, look at Elon Musk. I choose you. You are my father. Whether you like it or not, God, that's the father there. You wouldn't have chosen your father in Uruan, <laughs> or in Etimekbo, or in Mbo. You will, what is Mbo? You will have you will have chosen your father in America <laughs> or Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. It's not that you can't help it. You just came out. 
You have no choice in the matter. <laughs> I'm teaching good. <laughs> so when your father is feeling important, he must remember that maybe if you were given the choice, you even come to his house. This one is always talking and making it look like he is the best father. He should remember. <laughs> if they line them up and say, choose one, your father, maybe you even look at his face. <laughs> Glory! So you can do nothing about the family where you came from, but you can choose your friends. I feel like I'm teaching here. Am I teaching good? So first thing in building relationships, identify a friend. If you don't value friends given to you by the spirit of God, you will lose them. Once you identify a supernatural relationship, a friend in the body, someone that your priorities and his agree, someone that you can comfortably serve God as friends with, don't play with such relationships. Because if you don't value supernatural relationships, you will lose them. Second thing about friendship is partnership. 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 A friend is a partner. Partnership defines friendship. Partnership defines friendship. Computers can network. Only men partner. And you know the kind of society we find ourselves in, people more and more are losing human touch because of technology. You get five friends sitting down, everybody's on a phone. They are all on a phone and everywhere is quiet. Nobody's talking to another. They are talking to people they may never meet and they don't know. People they don't know their values and they don't know their priorities. Everybody's busy. The other time I, I was shown a video by Pastor Philemon where some people went for you know went to a hotel and they were having a pool party and they were playing Michael Jackson's music and everybody was on his phone. It's a party. Everybody's on his phone. All over the place. Everybody that came for a party that is supposed to be dancing, they were all on their phone. And then somebody went up the story building and filmed all of them. All of them were on their phone. Only the DJ was busy playing music and dancing. Everybody else that came to dance. Technology is gradually taking away partnership. Taking away human interaction. And that ought not so to be. Believers must not be caught in that web. Sometimes I'm a victim of that myself. Because sometimes you grab the phone and you don't want to stare and see what everybody is saying. And the person sitting next to you, you've not said anything to the person. It ought not do so to be. You have to intentionally remember that computers can only network. They cannot partner. Partnership is done by humans. Partnership is done by humans. There's no true affection online. You didn't hear that. There is no true affection online. Have you ever seen a lady get pregnant online? 
I don't know. I'm just talking with a guy on on, 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 on on Facebook on Facebook as we were chatting. I just discovered I'm pregnant. Does it ever happen? No, because there's no true affection online. It has to be human interaction. That's the way God designed life to be. I've got to learn to partner and interact more with people that God brings into our lives. Let me tell you something else. Don't you ever think that Facebook friendship is friendship. Don't be deceived. Don't you ever think that Facebook friendship is friendship. Physical interaction is diminishing and people are gradually becoming very lonely. People are gradually becoming very lonely. I mean, you know, Dr. Gabriel, as people come here for counseling every day, a lot of people are living lonely lives. Very lonely. Mama was talking to me today. And then she said to me, honey, this world is a very cruel world. People are going through so much. You see people, you don't even know what they're going through until they open their mouth. Then you know that people are really, really good. There are a lot of people that are very sad. Their lives are lonely and empty. You see them walk and package themselves. It's not real. People are going through. Especially people who don't know Christ. People don't know Christ. You can imagine we have opportunity here to fellowship. Learn the word. The word refreshes us. The word edifies us. The word builds us up. Here we're able to laugh genuinely. Nobody's laughing cosmetic laughter because of the joy of the spirit. And even with that, we still go through turbulence. Sometimes we go through dark periods of life and we hold on to the word of God and come out. Imagine a man without Christ. Imagine the emptiness, the loneliness, the frustration, the devastation that people go through. That's why somebody can just be walking and fall down and die. You were telling me about it. You know, people just come to the market, you know, in that, in that place. They, they just come to the market in the morning, open the door, boom, the man is dead. Frustration, loneliness, emptiness. That's why sometimes you hear billionaires, millionaires. They hung themselves and commit suicide with all the money. They die in the pool of money. Because those things don't give true satisfaction. But Jesus said, the water that I give you, the water that I give to you, when you drink of it, you will never thirst again. Glory to God. Oh, we have something to dance for. We have something to run around. We have something to jump. It's called the life of God. It's called eternal life. It's called the reality that is in Christ. Somebody shout glory. Say this water that I shall give to you, when you drink of it, you will never thirst. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I say glory to God. I say glory to God. So friendship is partnership. Someone I talk to. Someone I talk with. Someone who talks to me. Someone we do things together. Someone we go through life together. That's true friendship. Friends are the kind of people, brother Paul, will say, I long to see you. That I may impart spiritual gifts to the end that you may be established. That's a friend. 
Google will never say, I long to see you. <laughs> Google will never say that. And you know, many people, they are always on Google. Any smart thing, they go to Google. So, there is less and less human interaction. People are doing Google, Google all the places. And some people have killed themselves by Googling things. And the reason is because God never designed for humans to interact with technology. God designed for humans to interact with humans. That's why Google can tell you something. You meet your medical doctor, you tell him, ah, forget that. That's not exactly what it is. What you read there is far from it. Don't even think like that. Human interactions, you can beat the place of human interactions. Hallelujah. Some people want risk-free relationships. You know, risk-free. They just chat with you online. They are not committed. They don't have to be responsible for anything. There's just nothing. You, you, they don't owe you greeting. But, but you can chat once in a while. And you're happy you have 35 of them. You talk to this one today. Tomorrow you don't talk to him. You talk to the other one. And you have all of them. There's no risk attached. No risk whatsoever. And they say, you know, human, when we meet with you one-on-one -on -one as human beings, it's a lot of responsibility. Because if the person is not happy, I must find out why you're not happy. And I must look for how to help or something but this one is just chat whenever i want to chat and if i don't want to chat i don't chat no that's not being real that's a selfish way to live and when you're selfish you will end up being personally frustrated even food how many of you have observed when you eat with people you eat more i don't know about you but that's my experience i grew up like that if I'm eating alone, I'm not happy. But once you gather people and everybody's eating and we are chatting and eating, I can eat beyond, beyond your expectation. I can surprise you when there are people. But when there are no people too, I can surprise you because what I will eat, you wonder whether it's a human eating or what. There is joy in being with people because that's the way God designed life. I'm teaching good here. I'm almost closing. Partnership works when we are working together to the same destination. Your phone should not define your interaction. God created man to fellowship. That's why he didn't send angels. He came by himself. Friends are those you share life with. And it's high risk. Yeah. A friend is not someone you parasite on like Google. You know, Google, you're, you're the one always asking Google. You're the one always asking. Google never asks you. It's a parasite relationship. We have a relationship that is symbiotic. Where we work together. Jesus said, I lay down my life so that you may be a fruit. So identify your friends. Partner with your friends. And don't allow technology to define your life. Don't allow technology to define your life. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Don't allow technology to define your life. Look at Proverbs 27 verse 6. Proverbs 27 verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. 
But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So a friend can wound you in a faithful way. A friend can wound you in a faithful way. And that is when a friend tells you the truth. Irrespective of how you feel. The Hebrew word there is the word redza. Redza. It means bruises. Weeping. Frank, honest talk. Frank, honest talk. Jesus looked at his disciples and called them fools. That's a friend. Oh, fool. That's a friend. So a friend is not saying political words to people. A friend speaks faithful words. A friend speaks true words. A friend is one who will tell you the truth. Irrespective of how you feel. He's not thinking of your feeling. He's thinking about the safety of your life. So when husbands and wives are friendly, they can look at themselves eyeball to eyeball and say, Hey, darling, that thing you're doing is wrong. Stop it. Wounds of a friend. Real friends are not political. Genuine friends are not political. There are people who are doing seeker-friendly services in their church just to add to their numbers. And that's not good for you. They deny their members the truth and they just give them what they think they want to hear. A friendly church is a church that teaches you the word of God and helps you to practice it. Faithfulness to the words of a friend. Faithfulness are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So the apostles said Jesus was on the cross. They didn't know he was the one. Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus. You get people to relax with you. You deceive them to accept you, trust you, and open up to you. Bam! You stab them. That's evil. Jesus was never hypocritical. And you shouldn't be. Don't associate with them so you can do something to hurt them. Hebrews 13, one less brotherly love continue. To love and have affection for brethren. So our friendship as believers is not a choice. It's an obligation. You can read the following scriptures at home. Romans 12, 10 on brotherly affection. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9. 1 Peter 1, 22. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. I go over them again. Romans 12, 10. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9. 1 Peter 1, 22. 2 Peter 1, 7. We must learn the art of being friends and good friends. Saying the truth at all times. Loving at all times. Occasions will come in relationships where you have to speak the truth that is bitter. If you have to close your eye to speak it, close your eye, but make sure you speak that truth. A friend is born for trouble. 
A friend is there to love, to show affection. And we will look at some things in the aspect of marriage tomorrow and Sunday. When you are in a marriage, the head is not perfect. It's only because you choose to trust him. Yeah. Learn that. You must learn that. Christianity breeds good relationship. Because the resurrection itself is a relationship. Amen. We will see a few things in the next two days. Like communication. You know, there is a Bible way of communicating. We don't learn communication from the world. There's also how to determine compatibility, which we started doing today. How do you know your real friends? Priority. Destination. Identify them. Values. Then where do natural things come in? In my sense of judgment, we started talking about them. Hallelujah. You be a good friend. Say with me, I am a good friend. Say it again. Say it very loud. Can I have a good amen? I am a good friend. And I intend to continue being loyal to my friends. Being loyal to my friends. It takes a bit of time for me to make friends. But when I make you my friend, I stay true to our friendship. It takes time. Because I've got to prove you. I've got to know you know what you're talking about. I've got to know where you're going. I've got to know what are your values. I've got to know your priorities. And then when all that is put together on the table and it fits with where I'm going, we can tag along. Praise God. Amen. Are you blessed tonight? Stand on your feet. Father, we thank you for everybody that is a part of the service all over the world. I pray that these words build us up, equip us, and help us to live lives that are impactful, lives that are meaningful, and lives that drives God's purpose in our generation. And I pray for everybody hearing the sound of my voice, that Lord, your people are edified through the teaching of your word, and wisdom keeps flowing for daily living. Thank you for victory. Thank you for the blessing. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Glory! I'll be joining Mr. Michael Bush in the next two minutes in, for Ask the Counselor now. It's going to be exciting. You don't want to go anywhere, both online, on television, radio. It's going to be a great time as we spend time together look, looking at your questions and bringing you clarity doctrinally from the word of Almighty God. I want to take up your offerings quickly before we go to the next studio. I'd like you to grab your offerings. Those watching online, there are banking details on television. There are banking details and radio audience. Mr. Michael Bush will read the bank accounts for you guys so that you can bring in your own offerings. And I want to use the opportunity to thank partners and friends who have always supported this ministry and helped us to get this gospel as far as we can get it going. There's a lot more to be done. There's a lot more. There are many nations to get to. There are many communities to reach out with this gospel. But we've begun the journey. The world is growing. The influence of God's word is, is penetrating the nations. And we cannot relent at this point. Do not be weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a humongous assignment. And we're committed to this cause. So I want to thank you partners and friends. Remember, this Sunday is our partnership Sunday. And it's going to be an exciting time. 
as I pray for you partners and as we give you opportunity to help us move what we're doing to a whole new level. July the, the, July the first Sunday to the first Sunday of August will be 30 days of glory 2021. We're looking forward to a great time. All of you make plans to come to Aquaibom. Let's tabernacle together in the word of his grace. Lift up your offerings, Father. We rejoice as we give in faith tonight. Thank you for the privilege to make a difference through our offerings. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you. And I decree that everyone's need is met supernaturally. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Glory. Well, once again, thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve you the grace of God. Like I said, you don't want to go away. Because it's going to be exciting in Ask the Council or night. YouTubers, remember tonight is your night. And we're excited about the opportunity to serve you. Looking forward to seeing all of you in the next studio. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service tonight. Glory! Amen! We Woo! trust that Glory. you have been blessed by this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damina, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. Jakota Naga Brenda Gozokule Nemehe Jajoko Nikelina Maha Angra Nonzokula Namaha Dedrene Gegele Nemosa Say of the Spirit of God, there has never been a scarcity of my power. All the power that you will ever need, I made available to you at the point of your birth. You were born with all of my power. You were not born deficient. You were born complete. Everything that constitutes me was packaged together to give birth to you, saith God. But you will have to place a demand on the resources that are available to you by regeneration. And you place that demand intentionally so you make that power available in the natural. So you see, saith God, when you do not give yourself intentionally to take off and take from my power, then you live the life of defeat. You live a life that is full of apologies. You live a life that attracts sympathy and sorrow. Then you live under undue pressures. Saith God, I never designed for you to live a life of pressure. I designed for you to live a life of rest. But you cannot function in rest from the natural. You only function in rest from the spiritual. From the spiritual from the spiritually that's why in my word i said to be spiritually minded is life and peace to be spiritually minded when your mind is full of the spiritual possibilities that are available to you you function from a place of rest and no devil in hell has what it takes to discomfort your position because you exercise superiority over devils 
you function in your full capacity saith God you function in your full abilities and all of those abilities are abilities that the devil and his cohorts cannot withstand because the light and darkness saith God has never had a competition oh yeah i said in my word that the light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend the light the light dominates darkness darkness and the light never fights the exit of light is the dominance of darkness and the entrance of light is the absence of darkness so you yield to my spirit and you yield to my word and you take off and take from the resources that I have made available to you in the spirit and use them to live a life of victory and a life of total dominion on the earth, saith God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. five small minutes since it clocked uh, the hour and um, I can tell you you're in for a ball it's ask the counselor now I have some opening announcements to give you I even have uh, I even have a parable you know global said parable is for those with low IQ but I have one and I think that we have high IQ um, yes but I'll, I'll be putting that out in a moment but right now bank details especially for those on on radio the account name is Power City International. There are three banks, FCMB 2982-68-2028. 2982-68-2028, that's for FCMB. Bank number two, quickly, quickly, is Zenith. 1012-3659-12, Power City International remains the name of that account as well as that of uh, UBA, 139-26465, 139 26, 4, 6, 5. Okay, for calls. And we're going to be doing calls as soon as Global Bar joins us. We are free to call us uh, right from the whistle. You know, so the number, if you're calling from outside the country, is plus 234. Otherwise, it's 0806 Or you email, uh, ask the counselor now at gmail.com. Or better still, an SMS or two. Again, if you're doing from outside the country, it's plus 234. Otherwise, it's 0703 8642. Finally, for sponsorship, for partnership, and for support, just call up. Again, if you're doing from outside the country, it's plus 234. Otherwise, it's 0803 275 6104. Or you send an email or two to Dr. Abel 
damina at yahoo.com. Dr. De is D-R. Okay. So that's the f uh, first things that I always do on the program. As we promised yesterday, and we had uh, Global Baba um, during the teaching, um, the teaching session doing, um, you know, promoing it. You know, he did promotions for it once or twice, and I'm going to be going to YouTube next. And my God, there's, uh, there's a crowd there, I can tell you. Mangala Kuwabo is the first name that I see. I see Niben, I see Neali, I see Abi Ola, I see Yakeno Nyung, I see Adao Konkuo, I see Angela McIntosh, I see Shedra Kukata, I see Skiet Bayoska, oh, this way he's been hiding. I see Chris, Chris Billy. Yes, is that what it is? Christ uh, Bill or Billy? I don't know. But um, I see so, so, so many of them, and I try to take ones. I also see Williams Osato. I see Samuel Obiako. I see Oluchuku Okafo. I see uh, uh, again, again, again. There are some names that I've already taken those ones, so I'm not going to repeat them. I see Lotana Security. I see Rosemary Atiemo. I see Osawi Momo Augustina. I see Joy O. I see Josie Paul. I see Covenant Dakman. I see, I see uh, Rosemary Atimo. I see, I see, I see. What else do I see? Who else do I see? I'm going to be taking Cabena Amisa. I see as well. I see as well. I see as well. Who is there? Who is there now? Rose of Sharon. Is that um, okay? I'm not sure, but that's Rose of Sharon. Ene Ali again. I see Joy F. I see Helen Ehiato. I see, uh, that's Helen here at all. I see Joyce Peters. I see Phil Chavez. I see, I see, I see, I see all of you. And I'd love to thank you for joining us. Okay, there's also Tega uh, Jarika. Is that what it is? I see Jerome Sally Sampati, Ngozi Joseph, um, Judas, and many, many, many others. Alex Njuru, too. Patience and Jeremiah, James Muige. Fola, Ayola, and on and on and on. Okay, Johnson, oh, Johnson and Ogero, you are here now, and the list goes on and on. I hope that as we progress, I'm able to come back to you in a moment. Okay, Global Bar has actually joined me, but there's something I needed, small parable I needed to throw around. I'm not throwing this, uh, this, this parable to you because, because we have low IQ. I'm throwing it because, we, number one, we have high IQ, but I'm throwing it just as Jesus did because the time has not come for the news to be broken, all right? So when, in future, you get to hear the news, you will not say, ah, I thought he liked us, he didn't tell us the news. So, uh, so I talked about my attire. Um, to reflect the mood, it's black, all black, plus my shoes. But I've brightened it up with some yellow to show you that I'm in Christ, so everything, no matter how bad the news is, is good. So you decode that. No, Baba. It's here now. That's my parable for today. I can imagine. Okay, so... Even the producer has to decode that parable, and we'll find out how it is. Unto him it will be given. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my name is Michael Bush. My producer is Pastor I.J. Quere. Uh, he has a fantastic production team. Um, Dr. Bebel is also here. But now, the man of the moment, Global Baba, Dr. Ebel Damina. Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. Fantastic, so you. fantastic, fantastic, Global Praise Baba. God. It's so nice. Robert, I will start with the ritualistic opening prayer. We always pray for our world, for our country, for our states, and why not for our governments. Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice that we are found in you, and we thank you that we have all that pertains to life and godliness. 
So now we stand in the place of authority to speak to our state, to speak to our nation, to speak to our world, and the decree that the gospel continues to thrive and that the gospel of Christ is being proclaimed all over the nations of the earth. Men and women are coming to the knowledge of the truth. Disciples are being equipped and raised around the world. And we rejoice that the word of God is growing and the eyes of men are being opened to the truth of the gospel. We pray for Kwaibom State. We pray for the governor and his cabinet. We pray for the entire state. Civil service, I mean civil servants and, and students, women, children, youths. Everyone that is a part of this state, we decree that the grace of God reaches everyone. That the gospel continues to shine in this land like never before. Thank you that religion is collapsing and every contrary voice is collapsing. Amen. Only the gospel of Christ continues to thrive and get stronger. Amen. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so Global Power, we're ready to set cell. It's another special edition of Ask the Counselor Special because it's a freestyle edition. We're not following any particular roadmap. We're just going around the world. Okay, Global about this edition looks like we want to start from Italy. Prophet Pruden writes this time as Mr. Pruden has written from Italy and says, Greetings from Italy, Global Barber. Thank you, sir, for responding to my questions the other time. I wish you heaven at last, sir, and heaven at last to, to the intercontinental Mr. Michael Bush. Please, sir, Global Baba, my question is about our brethren under churches or pastors that preach wrong doctrines. If they got born again and received Christ as their Lord and personal Savior under those churches, Global Baba, what's their stand about making heaven if they remain and die in those churches and under such pastors? My second question is, sir, can a pastor under teaching ministry be a spiritual father to a young minister under prophetic ministry. Thank you, sir. Mr. Pruden from Italy. Well, Mr. Pruden, we don't make heaven at last. Heaven at last is the language of an apprentice that is still occupying the seat of the unlearned. Heaven at first is what we have. The day you got born again was the day you made heaven. So it's not at last, it's at first. The Bible tells us God has raised us up to be seated together with Christ in the heavens. Brother Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven. So what you're bothered about is not what will happen after life. What you should be bothered about is what is happening to them now. Because if a man doesn't have Christ now and he's not in Christ and has not embraced the gospel, you know, there's no hope for him of the future. So that's why we keep preaching. And those people that are in churches where the truth is not preached, as we keep preaching the gospel of Christ, eventually the message will reach them. God has a way of getting the gospel to the people who are desperately hungry for the truth of the gospel. So our job is just to keep preaching and praying and the gospel will get there. Spiritual father. Well, the place of a spiritual father is critical. A spiritual father is the person who is responsible for your doctrinal persuasion. So anybody that is the one feeding you, teaching you and growing you up in the knowledge of Christ becomes your spiritual father. What you owe him is honor. You honor him, you esteem him very highly for his labor in your life. And of course, make yourself known to your spiritual father and make sure you have a relationship where you're able to honor him, learn more from him, and grow, you know, as you keep learning from him. Can a teacher be a spiritual father to a prophet? Well, all those designations don't really matter. Whether you're a prophet, and if you follow my teachings very well, there's no big, there's no big deal about being an apostle, a prophet of all of those things, because... An apostle in the Bible is an errand boy. 
A prophet is like a town crier. I mean, a prophet is like, you know, the PRO. Uh, an evangelist is like a town crier. They are just designations that explains that all of us in the body of Christ, you know, we have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. There's nowhere in the Bible that says you must submit to a prophet if you're a prophet or you must submit to a teacher if you're a teacher. However, I will encourage you to order for my new book, Every Man a Minister. It will clear all that for you and put things for you in perspective. Bless you. Amen. Global Bar, we now would again announce that calls can start to rain in, even as we leave Italy and take this anonymous message for the road. I've been dating this lady, Lubababa. She's Christian, but she's had a loose lifestyle. She also is HIV positive. I helped her pay her school fees, Lubababa, but she still has uh, decided to go out with other men and look for money in other ways. I love her, but unfortunately, lately, her mom and she uh, continue to drain me financially. She, uh, plus, she has decided to drop the relationship. Please advise me, Lubababa. What advice is she looking for now? She has decided to drop the relationship. That's it. She has dropped it. And you two must move on. You can't beg her. You can't do anything. You can't force her. So if she has dropped the relationship, leave her, take some time, heal yourself, put yourself together, pursue the purpose of God for your life. That's what really matters. And eventually, you will come by somebody that both of you are compatible with and you have same set of priorities and you're going to the same destination. It's better he has called it off if he's not sure he's going to where you're going. And you also don't want to go with somebody to a place where you don't want to go to. Okay, Global Bar 2, Owerimo State, Nigeria, says, Carvel, greetings to you, Dr. Damina. I hope you're doing great family and ministry. I've come to know about your Bible-based teachings and sermons via YouTube. Thank you for saving me from human mind teachings on tithes, human mind teachings. I'm a Christian who believes in the authority of the Word of God as enshrined in the Bible. I want to also ask a question on sports betting. By the grace of God, I've searched the scriptures and did not find a place where sports betting is called sin. I'm bothered because of the preachers who label it sin based on inferences from some verses of the Bible. I desire to establish a sports betting business like Naja Bet or Bet King in Noweri, Imo State of Nigeria. My question is this. Will I go to hell if I do so, Global Baba? Thank you for prompt attention and quick response. Yours in the Lord, Brother G.E. Njoku. Well, sports betting can be looked at as a profession, a career. You know, um, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, uh, if the laws of the country allows for that to be a legal business, there's nothing wrong with it. Bless you. Amen. Let's make progress now. Another anonymous entry. Quickly, quickly. Thank you, sir, for the deep revelations of these scriptures during the first day of the International Online School of Ministry. I'm greatly blessed. Couldn't call the number, sent through email. Sir, just one question. I need answers and your fatherly advice. What should one do when the pastor of the church one attends and the HOD of one's department don't flow with this reintroduction of Jesus? you are teaching through this online school of ministry. I'm a worker in church and desire to know more about Jesus, not religion. Please help me, sir. John Alozie Wankwo. Well, John Alozie, if you're in a church where the gospel of Christ is not embraced and they don't want you to teach Christ, then you're not in a church or in a club. So what do you do? Look for where the gospel of Christ is preached so you can grow in the knowledge of Christ, be nourished, be built up, equipped, 
to live out your realities in Christ Jesus. Okay, so we get to next, uh, the United States of America, Houston, Texas. Hello, my name is Mbateke. I'm writing from Houston, Texas. Thank you, Global Baba, for your teachings. I began a teaching channel on YouTube after watching and following you for a while. Since the message is uh, targeted at believers and also non-believers, should what I preach be about how to grow in the knowledge of Christ or should I focus on salvation? Since there is the unfinished work of Christ and the ongoing work of Christ, thank you. Well, if you are still not sure what to preach, then it means you still need to learn some more before you start preaching. So my advice, take it a bit easy, calm down a bit, spend more time learning and growing. There will be a lot of time, enough time to teach and preach. But it's good you come to an understanding of the message effectively to know what to preach. The freestyle edition of Ask the Council, or a Power City International program, reaching you from number 98 Nwangiba Road in Uyo, the capital city of Akwaibume State in Nigeria, a country on the west coast of Africa, gets now next to Zambia. Hello, Global Baba. My name is Lombe. I write from Zambia. I have a question vis-a-vis 1 -vis John 5.16. Is this particular verse telling believers not to pray for someone who has rejected Christ? 1 John 5.16. Put it up for us. 1 John 5.16. Okay, while we're still trying to get to that, our first caller, Global Baba. Hello. Global Baba. Good evening. Okay, I am following this situation for a very long time. I mean, Copa, seven years in Aquarius State. Okay, bless you. Okay, bless you, sir. I want to know, is wearing trousers to church a good thing or a uh, even the telephone understands the question yes. and decides to answer There's nothing it. wrong with wearing trousers at the church. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Why do we dress? We dress to cover our nakedness, basically. So whether a woman wears a trouser or a man ties a wrapper or a man wears a skirt and a woman wears a knicker, it doesn't change anything. But the important thing is that you covered your nakedness and secondly, you know, you dressed in a way you are not offending anybody. That's what matters. Okay, Global Bar, I was going to just get back quickly to First John chapter five, five verse sixteen. But just another caller. Hello. All right. Hello, Papa. Good evening, sir. Evening. Bless you. Good evening, Intercontinental Michael Bush. Very nice for you to join us. Samuel on the line here. Yes, sir. Please, sir, I'd like to find out a quick one. Going by the series we've been teaching, uh, when and how should a believer propose? to his fiancée. When you're satisfied that you, you guys share the same values, when you've been able to establish that apart from values, your priorities are the same, your destination is the same, once you have all of that clearly clear and you have released, you have peace in your heart and you're ready for marriage, go ahead and let her know. There's okay. no need. Okay, Global, there's a second leg of that question. Yes. How? how? On two knees or one knee or on the head? Just tell her. You don't need to. <laughs> All that drama is not needed. Just tell her, I love you, and I, I want us to get married. Straight. No waste of time. Just say it as frank as possible. Global Baba. Yes, how did, you, how did you do with Mama? Straight. Global Baba. When I wanted to talk did to Mama, mean? I didn't do all that. I just said, you know what? <laughs> I've been thinking of something. She said, what? <laughs> I 
I said the way we are, we are, we are closed oh, and the yes. way we understand ourselves, yeah. I don't see myself living with another woman. I want to get married to you. She said, and I don't think so. I said, okay. Oh, she said, she yes. Didn't think so. yes. I said, okay, oh. take your time. Oh, mama gave Loba a tough yeah, time. No, no, no. She didn't. <laughs> she just said, I don't think so. But I was too convinced. So I, I wasn't bothered. I so. said, take your time. Two weeks after, she said, you know that thing you said? I think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> And that was it. Global Baba. Okay. Straight okay. to the point. Absolutely. There's so, no okay. point meeting about the <laughs> Global, let's get back to First John chapter Be 5. Because verse before you people got to where you would tell each other, Absolutely. you must have been related. So there's no, no, no. It's only people who are not relating that just jammed that will be looking for how. Global Baba, our mutual friend, our friend, your son, um, Dr. Frank. Yes. No, the drama is not called for at all. I don't know. Let's get back to First John. We're having problems with my microphone. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get that done. But let's get back to First John, chapter five, verse 16. Yes, put it up for us. If any man sees his brother seen a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him. He shall give him life. For them that sin not unto death, and then there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Two things: sin unto death, sin not unto death. Sin unto death is the rejection of Christ. And if a man rejects Christ, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't help him. You can't do anything. Then the sin that is not unto death is false, wrongs among brethren. However, for you to be able to have comprehensive, detailed teaching on that subject, I actually took like 30 hours to teach on that particular scripture with sound exegesis. I would recommend for you to order my teaching on Soteria Season 5. Because Soterios is in five, takes time to deal with sin unto death and sin not unto death. But remember, sin unto death is a sin where you reject the gospel of Christ. He that believeth not is condemned already. He that believes is not condemned. Then the sin that is not unto death is a sin where you wrong a brother or you wrong a sister or falls within the brethren. And this question has been coming many, many times. That's why I'm taking all the time this evening to see how I can bring more understanding. So sin unto death is the rejection of Jesus. Sin not unto death is false among brethren. The Bible says, brother, if you have a fault against a brother, you go to him. Confront him, talk to him about it. And if he shall hear you, you have gained your brother. But if he refuses to hear you, take another person. But if a man rejects the gospel, there's no amount of prayer. That is why those prayers they used to pray for the dead when people die... They say, let's pray for their soul to rest in peace. It's nonsense. They should have been in peace while they were alive in Christ. A man without Christ can never have peace. True peace can only be found in Christ. So instead of praying for people that are dead, preach them while they are still alive. Because that prayer after they die is useless. It's a total waste of time. There's no prayer that can work on a man after that man is dead. Okay, Global Baba, so from uh, Zambia, we're running quickly to Canada. And greetings from Halifax, Canada. My name is Banke John Asule. And I want to start by appreciating you, Global Baba, and um, the Intercontinental Mr. Bush. You're blessed, sir. Global Baba, I heard about you before my family and I left Nigeria. Upon landing in Halifax, Canada, I have become a disciple. Always excited to get YouTube notifications from you. I hope to join the Bible school soon. I also need details on acquiring all reading materials. Mama Damina is so blessed too. Seeing her makes me happy. My question regards the, is regarding the age range of disciples and by profession, 
and early childhood educator. I have so much passion for children and believe that children should be guided and taught in the way of God. Is it okay to disciple children, Grobo Baba? I feel like children are left out even though they are tomorrow's adults. Is it okay to have a ministry for children? You have a daughter in Halifax, Canada, in case you visit. Thank you. Wow, so good to hear from you. I think you have a call. Hola, yeah, I'll just come back to you in a moment, Global Baba. Our next caller. Hello. Okay, hello. I was the copper that was talking. So I have I asked the first one. I have other two questions. Okay, okay. Concerning global, uh, uh, talking about uh, your enemies and all the rest. I want to ask because they said uh, suffer not the wish to die, uh, to live. And you having a, somebody that is trying to kill you, all this thing, and you, don't, you just have to pray for the person to leave. Is it good or because I'm a little bit confused about that particular place? Okay, I can. And lastly, yes, yes, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. If somebody has a calling, like maybe a prophet also have told you that from small that you're going to be a pastor or something or that. And the only thing you ask, I do ask, where is the sign? Where is that particular sign? That this should just, at least even if I'm sleeping, there should be a sign that this is okay. the direction of this stuff. So I don't know. Okay, I can tell that you are new to our teaching. So uh, this, the first question you asked has to do with. Um, 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 I think it was. Uh, I remember the one on. Uh, so I we think on the calling. Yes, let's, so, take, let's take the, the second one. Suffer so not the, the witch to live. What do you yes. do with enemies? Mm. Well, uh, uh, the reason why I said you must be new is because you don't, take, you don't take your cue from the Old Testament. You take your cue from Jesus and the apostles. What did Jesus say to do to enemies? He said, love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you, that you may be the children of your father which is in heaven. So, all that vengeance and revenge is not the spirit of Jesus. The spirit of Jesus is forgiveness. What did God do to his enemies? The Bible says, while we were yet enemies, Jesus died for us. He died the death we should have died. Because love is greater than hate. In the kingdom of God, we don't kill people. We pray for people to be saved, even if they don't like us. And you must remember that if you follow Christ and you are really in Christ, you won't be afraid of what any man can do to you at all. The reason why you have that fear is because you don't know Christ enough. Maybe you are still trying to know Christ, or you are still trying to get saved, or you are not even yet born again. That's why you have all that fear. So my advice is I will encourage you, if you can stop by our office 9 a.m. any day, Monday to Saturday, we'll be willing to counsel you and take you through scripture and help you. Your second question on the call of God. You don't need any sign to be called. Once you are born again, you are called. Every child of God is called. My advice stop by our office get my new book every man a minister get a copy of that book sit down with it it will dissolve all your questions bless you amen global bar last caller hello hello sir many thanks ma'am for joining us and then where you calling from i'm calling from johannesburg my name is paulette um i'd like to appreciate you sir and Papa for the good work that you guys are doing. Thank you, Paul. It's amazing. This week has been amazing. Um, sir, I have a question. Okay. When you started the 
meeting today, you said relationships are not for changing people. They are for people who decided that they fit well together. Sorry, Paul, okay. I didn't hear that. You said relationships are... Um, if I heard correctly, when you started the message today, you said relationships are not for changing people. Yes. They are for people who decided they fit well together. Yes. Okay. So what if you have somebody in your life um, and the person is going the wrong direction? You try to pull them closer. You try to pull them closer. It looks like they are getting it. They are understanding what you are doing and what you are saying to them about the Word of God. But then at the back, they go around and they do the total opposite. And people tell you, tell you that don't leave this person's side because this person needs you. This person is a strong word, a believing person like you around them. But you can see that the lifestyle of the person is not going the right way and it doesn't fit with your way of living and with your work with God. Okay. How do you handle such a situation? Okay, thank you for calling. What, we, what I said is relationship is not for changing people in marriage. I mean, in life you can relate with people and influence them and preach to them and get the gospel to them and be there to help them walk their way through Christ, which is discipleship. But in a marriage, you are not marrying somebody to change him. It's because both of you, your priorities are the same. You've gone through all the process and you've agreed to live together to serve the purpose of God. So it's within the context of marriage I made that statement. Hope that helps. Okay, Global Bar, because of time, lack of it, we'll just go back to the entry from Canada from your daughter, Banky Jonas Sule, about ministry children. for children. Yes. Well, uh, Banky, thank you for reaching out and we're glad to know you're there. Children are not left out. What we teach the adults in Power City is what we teach the children. We make sure our children are well taught. We make sure our children take notes. We make sure our children are able to teach what we're teaching. And it's not just here. All our Power City campuses, we make sure that the children are not left out at all. So why not? We disciple children from the moment they can understand, you know, um, what we're saying. We begin to teach them Christ. We begin to reveal Christ to them. And they grow in the knowledge of Christ to become mighty and a mighty army for Jesus Christ. Bless you. Amen. Global Bar. Uh, closing prayers and uh, many prayer requests. Father, we pray for all the requests that we have today. Amen. We ask that people that are going through right now supernatural intervention. Amen. We break barriers. We rebuke sickness and disease. We command the devil to take his hands off of God's property. Amen. Sick bodies be healed. Amen. Those in need of intervention, we declare the intervention of God. Amen. We decree that, Lord, everyone that is believing you for a miracle in one area or the other of their lives, receive that miracle now Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We receive answers to prayer. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise Amen. God. Our producer is Pastor I.J. Quere and his production team. They all joined me, Michael Bush. In New York, Nigeria, we thank you for your time. Just as we bring on Global Barber, Dr. Abel Damina. The Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. What a blessing tonight, I tell you. Let me announce the good news tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow by 1 to 3. I mean by, by three, three to, to five. five.
will be on Passion FM from tomorrow, every day, 3 to 5. Every day, 3 to 5. All right, so remember that tonight we are on Inspiration 9 to 10, and we are also on Heritage 10 to 12. Tomorrow morning, we are 5.45 a.m., we're on XL, and 11 to 1 Radio Acquibom, 1 to 3 XL FM, 3 to 5 Passion FM, 6 p.m., we're back here tomorrow on Comfort FM to bring you the Word of God and to respond to all your issues. But it's always an honor to serve you the grace of God. Our online community, we appreciate all of you. Those watching on Kingdom Life Network and everybody in Aquaibom State, tell more people about what God is doing. We look forward to having all of you tomorrow in the service. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Pray for me, even if you can't. Goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen.